Oh, hey, Queen. How's it going? Welcome back to the Biz Queen pod. Okay, I have to, must, absolutely should, definitely, but not gonna calm down. It is like 7am. Am I actually okay? What? Me being up this early is actually wild. But I'm on a mission. I'm going on holiday on Sunday, which I, to be honest, completely forgot was happening. Like, <laughs> literally, what am I actually doing with my life? I completely forgot I was going on holiday. And so I'm a little bit, like, I'm not even behind. I've just got, I've got so much space to do the things I need to do. But like, you know, when you're just like trotting along and forgetting that like life is happening around you, I'm just, I feel like I'm in such a little bubble at the moment. Um, And so I've actually got a lot of shit to do so that I can just go away feeling fantastic. And it's actually an episode that I'm going to record for you on how to just like take time off without completely losing your mind and getting like just all of the anxiety and guilt that comes up around taking time off as a business owner. So let me know if you want to hear that episode, because I feel like that's going to be a good one and a very needed one. Um, but today is not that day, hun. Well, today actually is that day for me because I'm going to record it before I go on holiday. So it is going to happen today. But for you, it will probably be next week. Anyway, today's episode is, I would argue, even more juicy because we're going to talk about nine. And again, you know what I'm like. So maybe this is going to be a two-parter, but I'm going to try and keep it short, sweet, and to the point. Me? No fluff? Who knew? Um, anyway, today is nine mistakes that I made in my previous coaching business that I make damn freaking sure my clients avoid like the plague now, because these mistakes as well, like are, are, we're going to go into them. There are nine of them and some of them are short and sweet and to the point and like, duh. And some of them are like, there's so much to unpack. So we shall see how we get on with it. But I just know that there are a lot of things that stopped me from building a bigger business, stopped me from making the impact I wanted, uh, held me back, like whether it was mentally or, or liter- like strategically, do you know what I mean? Like physically. And I don't want you to have to make the same mistakes. I don't want you to go through the kind of shit that I went through with all of these lessons. And now what I will say is, whilst these are huge mistakes that I made, I had to do some of them in order to be in the place I am now. Do you know what I mean? You know, when you're like, no regrets with an A, no regrets, like no regrets whatsoever, because like life is life. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, like if I would have avoided, am I okay? If I would have avoided these mistakes, my business would have been in a far better position. And not only that, I might even be still in the the fitness industry in some way. And in fact, I don't think that's true. But I definitely would have stuck it out for longer. And I definitely would have made more money and more impact if I had uh, have, why do I find that so difficult to say? If I'd have had, if I had have, if I had had, (laughs) if I'd have had (laughs) oh no, this is gonna be a trooper of an episode. Um yeah, if 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 I hadn't have made these mistakes, I would have built a much more exceptional business, much more successful business. I would have probably been happier in my business. Um, and I wouldn't have gone through a lot of the heartache that I actually went through. And so I want to tell you these lessons, not in the hope that like you actively avoid these mistakes, but just that it makes you think about things a little bit differently, just in the hope that it kind of 
um, shines a bit of a spotlight on something that maybe you're running into right now that could do with changing or something that you're just like aware of might be happening so that you can either handle it better, like hold yourself better through it, be more compassionate to yourself while going through it, or like fully just squash these mistakes, nip them in the bud right here and now so that you don't have to go through the like literal trudge of what I went through just to come out of the other side and be like, haha, look, everything's fine and it's not the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? So we're going to go straight into the first mistake now because I'm aware of your time. Number one, and honestly, I don't know why I've put this first because I feel like this needs like a deeper, <laughs> like we should have maybe put this at number six. Do you know what I mean? I should have eased you in. But number one is expecting my partner or the personal kind of people in my world, you know, in your like personal circle to hold space for me. This is actually huge because I spent a long time not having anybody that I could relate to in my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, so everyone else that I know, all of my personal, like friends, family, all of the people around me, they all work quote unquote normal jobs. You know, they're all in a nine to five or they're all in a like office job or like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anybody that I know that like works for themselves. I mean, obviously my partner, he's a personal trainer, but he's a very like old school goes in, does the session, comes out, like, he's been coaching for, like, I'm gonna say, I don't want to say it just in case I'm wrong, but I'm gonna say 15 years minimum, like, I was gonna say 20, but I don't think that's true, I think it's about 15 years, and he is very just, like, does the shit, does what he needs to do, shows up, trains the client, comes home, like, such is life, do you know what I mean, for him, he treats it very much like a nine-to-five, um, and he's not like, he doesn't push for more business. He doesn't like, he's not like that sort of grind harder business owner, entrepreneur vibe. Like he is such a grounding body to have near me. Like he is literally just like, as long as I've got a roof over my head and a dog and a, and I can feed my family and you know, I've got you like, I don't need anything else. Like I don't need anything else. And I'm like, whoa, but what about the Gucci bag? What about the swimming pool? What about the hot tub in my garden? Like I am always thinking like bigger, more, better, like how can we kind of just, you know, do more with our our lives and ourselves and, and, and like just grow and, and I don't know, just like, I don't know, push myself, right? And he just always reminds me like, yo, you're good, like embrace where you are, like be chill, like you're good, like everything is good, like nothing is crumbling around you. And so I fully understand that this is a contradictory point because you do need to have people in your life that can hold space for you. But what I was doing was I was leaning too much on the people in my personal world. So I was leaning on my partner, especially through lockdown when shit was hitting the fan with my business of like, just like when it crazily blew up, like we always joke in like rich for richer, for poorer, like <laughs> he has loved me when I am skin and he has loved me when I'm just earning more money than I even knew what to do with at the time. And like... I love him so much with all my heart, but bro, like I laid it on thick with him because I didn't have anybody else to like break this stuff down with. I didn't have anybody else to like debrief my day with. I didn't have anybody else who understood it. And so naturally, you know, even like think about it with your, like, I don't know, your previous life before you were an entrepreneur, before you were um, a coach, like you come home from a day at work and you're like, ah, oh, Jackie in the office was being a total douche fudge today. Like she was doing this, that, the other, or like, oh, my boss was being an ass wipe or do you know what I mean? Like you come home and you just kind of like vent. You just want to vent about your stuff. And as an entrepreneur, as a coach, 
you have a lot of shit like that. You know, clients leave or somebody defaults a payment plan or somebody um, ghosts you in the DMs or your post flopped. Or like, there's so many little things that we have to just overcome. So many little hurdles that we've got to like, I don't know, figure out. And we're doing it largely alone. Like, unless you have a supportive community around you, which I will talk about in a second as to like how we can overcome this. But like, especially as a solo coach, you don't have anybody around you that gets it. And so when you're like venting about these things, like these silly little things, like my post only got three likes or like nobody's watching my stories. It's like normal humans, the people that don't do Instagram or the people that don't care about, you know, that sort of thing because it's not relatable to them. Like, you know, one of my best friends, it's like, I could vent her all I like about the fact that my post flopped and I thought it was a really good post. And she'd be like, I liked your post. It was really good. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't get it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're not the ideal client. You're not the person that needs to get it. And so it's, it's so difficult to lean on people because they just don't get it in the way that we get it as coaches. And so A, first of all, have fellow coaches around you that can hype you up, that can um, give you great feedback, that you can bounce things off, that you can vent to if you need to. And again, I don't like sitting in vent mode for too long, but like, that you can just offload to. I think that's huge. And what I was doing, a big mistake that I was making in my previous business, in my fat loss business, was I was just leaning too much on the people in my personal world that were not an escape, but like, but they were people that just didn't get it in the way that I needed them to get it. So that that vent or that, um, you know, offload could have been either constructive, useful, or like pulled me out of it, you know? Um, and so when you, when you, when you lean on personal relationships for business problems, it starts to put a wedge between you and your relationship. And this is just my personal experience. I'm thinking specifically during lockdown when like, I'm like, all of the people that I knew were on like furlough or, you know, had lost their jobs, like been made redundant or just weren't going to work. Their lives had totally turned upside down. And my life had turned upside down in a wildly different way. You know, I blew up on Instagram really quickly over a space of like two days. I'd gained like 7,000 followers or something stupid. Um, but with that came so much drama. Like I nearly got sued. I had like thousands of emails to go through um, of people just like sharing their stories with me, which was lovely, but so heavy and, and like hard to manage at the time because I didn't have anything in place to like send these people to a resource that could help them or um, like even just like get them booked in for something or a call or a, a program or anything like that. Like I had nothing really set up that, that people could kind of use. And so I was stressed out to the max trying to just deal with this big influx of leads that I just got. Like I had my, my consultation call calendar was booked out literally hour by hour by hour. Cause at the time I didn't have like the little breaks in the slots, um, for like buffers, you know, I didn't have any of that set up because I was getting like a couple of calls, maybe a month or a week or whatever. It was like not nothing compared to what it turned into. And so I just didn't have anything set up. And so I was going absolutely nuts trying to figure out how to just like run a business on an entire, how to just operate on an entirely new level. And so I was like venting and 
getting stressy and, and, and pissed off. You know, my emotional intelligence was on the floor. So like I was leaning on the people in my life, like my parents I was calling them daily, like, ah, oh, this is so horrible. Like, oh my God, I've got to pay such a big tax bill. And they're like, yeah, go with yourself. And like my boyfriend, you know, I was leaning on him and I was like, oh, this is so horrible. And I didn't even realize at the time I'm offloading all of this drama and this shit to him. It was just, I, I just lent so heavily on my relationships to pull me out of business shit. And it, it's so counterproductive because they can't give you the solutions you might need. And they don't understand the emotional side of it of why, you know, a client leaving or somebody doing a negative comment, putting a negative comment on your post. Like they don't necessarily understand to the level that you might need them to understand or want them to understand why those things are so important. And so it, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And you're like, yeah, but it's a huge deal. Like I care so deeply about making all these people feel amazing and, you know, and, and people liking my stuff and people finding value in it. And then when someone doesn't or when someone leaves or when, you know, I don't know, clients leave average feedback or when a client doesn't reply to you on time, it's like those little things can really affect you as a coach who cares deeply about what you do. And so the personal people in your life just might not get it on the level that you want them to get it. That's okay. But this is why it's so important to have a community of people who do. A community of people who are business owners, a community of people who are coaches even that just get it, that understand what we go through as entrepreneurs. And I think this is why my mastermind spaces and my reboot spaces are just so powerful for people, are so potent, are so like, oh, holy shit balls! I don't want to leave this space ever because we have each other's back. We can hold space for each other. And it's, it's, it's a space holding that nobody else can get. And I, I, I'm like, I don't know if that's just a me thing because I've never, you know, I've never really had that with other people. I've never really uh, been in a space like it. But even just me being in my own mastermind with my clients, I'm like, I need this just as much as they do. You know, when they come to me and they've got a problem or they've got a uh, emotional thing that's coming up or a mindset thing that's coming up or a, a personal circumstance coming up, it's like they bring it to the group and we're here to hold space for them. And we're all here chipping in, supporting them, giving words of wisdom, but also just giving like words of comfort. Like, I get it. I've been there. I know how this feels and it sucks. And then you've got everyone else in the chat being like, oh my God, same. Like I've had this before. And it's just an entirely new world of like, oh, I'm not freaking alone in this. And I think sometimes when you when you lean too much on the personal people in your life, you can feel alone still. But if you've got a community of people that just like are here for you and get it and they're, they're going through the same shit or they have been through the same shit or they know they're gonna go through the same shit, the world opens up a little bit more and you feel... A, you can be more compassionate because hello, common humanity. If you've been, if you've done it, someone else has. And if someone else has done it, you have. And therefore, we're not alone in this. You know, we're all together in this. But that sense of community that comes from being able to share your shit in a space where other people get it is wild. And when that happens, you can handle things in a much uh, more productive. I don't even want to say productive, but just in a much more useful way because you don't, let it spiral. And that's what happened with me is like every time I lent on my partner or my family or my friends, 
I let it spiral because I just wanted to moan about it or vent about it. And they couldn't provide a solution or the solutions they did provide. It's like, I just had a, a little way to bat it away. Like, I don't want that solution. That's not a solution. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Like I was just batting the, the productive side of it away because I was like, you don't get it. So you can't help me. And then I wasn't also letting them comfort me because I was like, you don't get it. You can't help me. And so I think it's important to have a, a community of people around you in your personal world um, that are different, you know, that aren't entrepreneurs that can maybe, you know, ground you a little bit or bring you back down to normal land when you're having, you know, tantrums over silly things that, that most people just don't see the problem in. I think it can humble you a little bit in a positive way. And it's also really useful to have communities around you of people that do, people that understand, people that, you know, are are going through the stuff you're going through and understand that it's a big deal when shit hits the fan in business, that it's a big deal that, you know, all of your friends are going out for tequilas and you're still trying to, I don't know, do client programs and you, you know, just want support in trying to figure out how to navigate this situation. And like all of those little things, that's the power of having people in your pocket that are in the same boat as you. And so the mistake that I'm going to turn into a lesson right now is have people in your world that get it. Be surrounded by other women or people or coaches who understand what you're going through and and you can bounce things off, you can vent to, you can brainstorm with, you can just be held by each other. I think it's so important and it's one of the rules in my mastermind is like we hold each other here. We hold space for each other. We clap for each other. We cheer each other on and we support each other no matter what. If shit hits the fan, we're here. If you're celebrating the biggest win you've ever had, we're here. No matter what, we've got you. And that's just beyond important. It's beyond invaluable. It's like uh, that alone, just that knowledge alone, I should double my mastermind prices. Do you know what I mean? I'm not gonna, because my mastermind is like a lower cost way to have touch points with me one-on-one. And so I keep it more accessible, but get yourself into, ah, oh my God. Can you believe it? That was my alarm to wake up. I've been up for like 18 hours. Way ahead of you, hon. Okay, number two, I focused on the short term. It was always what's next, not what's possible. And whilst I think that short term uh, vision is great sometimes, like, you know, how can we focus on today? How can we focus on the next week? How can we focus on the next month? And what's the vision for the long term? What's the vision for the future? What is my trajectory for next year? Like it's, it's October 20th right now. Like I'm already thinking ahead to how I can make my business the best it possibly can be for 2024. That does not mean that I am neglecting the last couple of months of this year. Like the last couple of months of this year for me, I'm going in hard. I'm speeding the hell up. I'm doing all the things. But all of those things are also going to propel me forward at the start of 2024. I am I am doing a lot right now to focus on building my community, on, on making sure that I am refining the stuff in my world. You know, I am revamping a few of my mini programs. I'm making sure that they are like tip top condition so that when I go and show up and sell the shit out of them, I know that every single thing you enter into my world doing is a banger, is 
perfect for you, is exactly what you need in that moment. But as coaches, we tend to pull back and we think small and we go, shit, how am I gonna make ends meet this month? Or how am I gonna get a new client this month? But I want you to start thinking about the long term. I want you to start building that momentum for the future because so many coaches are focused on why aren't I getting clients right now? What is it I'm doing wrong? Why is nothing working for me? But if you actually fast forward a few months time, things are working and the stuff you're doing now is to pay off in the long term. And that's the vision that I keep like hold of super close. It's like everything I'm doing now is working out in my favor so that the next few months are brilliant for me. And like, for me, any sort of long-term commitment is like a true trust builder for me of like, I am committed to myself for the long term. I am in this for the long term. Like six months for me now is a minimum investment that I will put into the future. I am notorious for jumping ship too fast on things. And so I'm like, anything that I do now, whether it is an investment in a coach, whether it is a new strategy, whether it is a, um, you know, new program even, like, I'm not going to decide it's flopped after the first launch. I'm going to run it for six months and then I'm going to decide if it's not working, then I'm going to tweak and refine. And I'm constantly tweaking and refining the things in my world anyway. But I'm like, I'm committed to the evolution of things now. Whereas before it was like, you know, I, I dropped a course in my, in my fat loss business and it got one person in the first time and I slashed it. I was like, no, not doing it. And I'd worked on it for months, months and months, and months, like six, seven, eight months. I had worked on doing this mini program and it flopped the first time I launched it. And so I just literally chucked it in the bin metaphorically because it's all still there but like I literally just chucked it I was like oh not worked with my coaching and my mentorships it was like I would do it for a couple of months and then be like not working out for me and I would quit and here's the thing actually this is especially true of mentorship is like you focus on the long term with mentorship you commit to the long haul I give myself time to adjust to a new mentor or a new program and I give them time to get to know my business and I give me time to get to know how they work. This is freaking huge. Before, when I, uh, you know, I'd invest in somebody, do three months with them, and now I'm like, God, three months is just nothing to understand how they work and how I work. And it's the same with my clients. I'm like, the clients who have been in my world for like a year, 18 months plus, we're, we know each other through to the core. We understand each other. They know how I work. I know how they work. I know every inch of their business and their life. And so I can spot things that I wouldn't have been able to spot in the first few months of coaching. And it's the same with you. Like if you are working on uh, with a coach and you are not committed to building that relationship long term, you're not going to understand each other on the level you need to. So like, I, I mean, I wasted so much time thinking that people were going to solve my problems immediately after explaining my offer systems, my, my mindset, my thought process, like all of the things. And like instant gratification was just squashing any chance I had to succeed because I was like, I need a straight answer now. And it's like so much of business uh, and mindset doesn't require a straight answer. And I think there is a time and a place for cookie cutter style strategies you know, the, the, the basics work for a reason. And so, for example, inside of the reboot, I'll give you three or four different strategies for one 
like problem to solve because I know that there are going to be a few different approaches you can take to something and I want to make sure it's the best one for you. So I'm going to give you a good few so that you can make an informed decision. But actually every single strategy that's inside of the reboot pretty much is based on a here's exactly what to do and how to do it. But when you were in long-term mentorship, it's so much easier to find what's going to work for you and then tweak it to suit your business, your lifestyle, your needs, you know, your desires, your values. And you can't do that if you don't understand the other person. There is so much power in the staying power. Like there is so much to be said for committing to one way of doing things and not hopping from thing to thing and strategy to strategy and even coach to coach. Like I fully believe if like you don't feel aligned with a coach, then get out and that's okay. It's okay to jump ship off someone from someone that you just don't align with. Um, but commit to the evolution. If like, if you think this person is the right coach for you, commit to the evolution of that. Commit to the long term. Commit to being in it when things are great and when things are not so great. And this is a lesson that I learned hard. The longer you stay with your coach or with your mentor or even with a program, the more you understand each other, the more you can bounce off each other, the, the deeper the relationship, the deeper the connection, the better the results. I fully stand by that. If somebody that you're working with isn't giving you what you need, instead of jumping ship, communicate with them. This was a huge lesson that I learned because I just jump ship. Like, I'm like, mm, not right, jump ship. And I didn't realize that maybe that person uh, just didn't know what I needed from that moment. Like if I come to them and I bring them a problem and I don't want them to solve it, I just want them to be in it with me and understand it and, and reassure me, I, I, I need to tell them that that's what I want. Because if I'm coming to you with a problem, the, the go-to is to solve it. And honestly, for me and my mentorships, like in my spaces with my girls, I often don't solve the problem there and then. We sit in that feeling and we unpack that feeling and we understand that feeling and then we move on that feeling and we go, right, how can we A, come out of this feeling and into problem solving mode and then let's solve the problem? Because if I just give you a straight up problem, uh, sorry, a straight up solution to the problem, you're going to do exactly what I do and go, fuck you, bitch, I don't need a problem solving right now. I just need like the reassurance and the support for a sec. I just want to be in it. I want to feel it. And I think that, that like when you understand each other, you understand what people need. Like I, I understand exactly what my girls need in whichever moment now. And that, that just comes like, it, it can come immediately. Like I, I feel like I'm quite good at reading stuff like that from the get go. But the deeper you work with someone, the longer you're committed to each other, the more you can understand what those people need in that moment. And I think with me, with a lot of my previous mentorships or even just like coaching spaces in general, I would just be like, this person isn't giving me what, what they need, what I need. And then I would stay with them for another six months because I was too much of a people pleaser to just be like, bye. Um, but if I'd have just communicated with them and said, look, I would just like to bring this to you. Um, if, if I'm coming to you with a problem like this, I would really love some reassurance. It's literally as simple as that, by the way. Like you can say it, like when you're asking your mentor a question, and, um, I don't know, so say you're like, uh, you, you put in the chat, oh, I just lost another client. I imagine there's a lot of people like, what, wait, you can just text your mentor. And I'm like, dude, um, get a new mentor. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
but like if you've lost a client and you just want to talk about it and you're like I just lost another client like I'm feeling really like I don't know stressed I'm I'm kind of feeling like I'm coming into panic mode like I don't know what to do la 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 and they just throw out three different strategies to go and get a new client and like you don't want new like you know that you know that you could just go on your stories and sell you know you could reach out to old clients and eat and ask how they're getting on and and if they would like to come back you know you can ask for referrals you know you know that there's a few strategies you can put in place to solve the problem but you don't need that problem solving right now you just need to feel it and be like reassured that actually you're still on the right track you're still doing well you're gaining momentum you're doing okay like let's sit with this so that we don't enter that panic mode and go straight into the the solution. Let's sit back and and like not attack it with chase energy, you know. Um, and so like tell them, be like, I've just lost a new client. La 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 la. I know that there's like no magic thing that's going to get this back, but I just want to let you know that right now I'm feeling these feelings: self doubt, imposter syndrome, whatever it is, fear of rejection. And I just want to let you know, this is how I'm feeling. Can we overcome this? And then I would like to think about solutions. You know, be so clear with the communication. That's, I guess that's what like this comes into is like the communication skills, like being committed to the long term and being in it with yourself for the long term and being able to communicate what you need from those long-term containers with your coaches. So that was the the second mistake, is I was not committed to the evolution of things. If it didn't work first time, it, it was a flop. I didn't commit to the, the future. I didn't commit to the longevity of it. And then kind of secret bonus mistake number two is I didn't communicate what I needed. The third mistake I made was I did not, this is big, lean into my niche. I could have been the absolute poster girl in my old business for Slimming Clubbers. Like I had 20 odd thousand followers who were all, every single one of them, my perfect Slimming Clubber client. I spoke to their soul. I knew the gig. I was hot on the stuff that they needed, uh, you know, to hear. I was solid in the information I was giving them. I knew exactly how to help them. I had so much evidence that I could help them. And I did not lean into it. I said, I don't just want to work with those people. And like, honestly, that was a big fat lie. It wasn't that. I was just too scared of what would happen if I did. You know, I, I was trapped in a bit of a box in a company that the, um, like they were kind of also getting clients from my marketing. So when those, the people that I was surrounded with, when they were getting those sorts of clients, they were moaning about it and being like, oh, these clients are so hard to deal with. And like, yeah, but they're amazing to deal with. And if I'd have just lent into that instead of shied away from it because I didn't want to upset or, you know, piss off the other people in my world by, you know, handing off clients to them who just weren't their perfect fit. If I'd have just lent into that and, and gone all in on it, oh my goodness, my business would have skyrocketed so fast. But I didn't because I was a little bit scared, maybe a little bit scared of the success. Like I, I gained a lot of success very, very quickly. And that scared the shit out of me. And so I was kind of pulling back in all areas. I'd lost, lost a lot of confidence. I didn't really push. I, I pulled straight back. You know, I went straight back to the comfort zone. I didn't lean into it. And I feel like now 
oh my Lord, I would have handled that kind of time in my life so differently. Um, but at the time I just, I didn't lean into what I knew was going to work really well. Um, and so I stayed away. I stayed away when I should have leaned in. And so this isn't me to tell you, this isn't me telling you like, you need to pick a niche and stick to it. You don't need to now go and speak to slimming clubbers only. You don't need to be a menopause coach. You don't need to, you know, only deal with PCOS clients. It's like, you don't need to niche in that way, but I want you to have a real good think about exactly who you coach, who you want to coach, not who you've fallen into coaching. And I say this all the time with niching. We tend to pick the niche that we have you know, worked with before that we have fallen into working with. And that might not be who you want and desire to work with. So really sit down and have a think about who your favorite clients are, who the people you love coaching are. And a lot of the time, they're probably not the majority of the people you coach. And if that's true, sit back and think about how you can change your messaging, how you can tweak your marketing and how you can change your programs to accommodate the niche that you want to pick. And again, this does not mean you you pick a specific demographic or you pick a specific, you know, um, I'm going to say condition, but it's not condition, it's more circumstance, like, like PCOS, menopause, uh, endometriosis clients, um, I don't know, like even like busy mums, you know, that sort of stuff. But like, just pick the sort of qualities that you want to coach on. Pick the goal maybe that you want to help people achieve. Pick the problem you want to solve for your clients um, or pick the just traits and characteristics you want and really lean into it. Like, don't be afraid to narrow down the window of who you coach. It will be very important for you to just help you stand out But if you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, I just coach fat loss or I just kind of do confidence or I just do mindset, then brilliant. Think about exactly what you do for your people and exactly who those people are. And if you're struggling with that, drop me a DM and I can help you out with it. But think small to play big. You cannot be the best person to help absolutely everybody. So be the best person or be better yet, the only person to help a very specific kind of person. Number four is I was posting and ghosting on Instagram every other week. Like I was only posting when I needed clients and then completely like going MIA on Instagram when I didn't. And I only valued marketing when I needed clients. But this is the reason people aren't snapping up your offers there and then when you drop it. This is the reason when you post on your stories, nobody is responding to your question boxes. This is the reason you are not signing clients anymore, even if you were before. Like I had a waiting list of over 400 people and I wasn't getting any leads despite 400 people being active leads. See, like being active people that put their hand up and said, hello, I wanna buy your coaching. I put them on a wait list and I ghosted them. I didn't provide value on Instagram. You might think that you're providing value by sharing, I don't know, stuff on your stories every other day, but you need to be front of mind for your clients 24 seven. And I don't mean posting every single day on social media necessarily. I just mean, if you're going to commit to posting three times a week, commit to posting three times a week and freaking show up for those people, show up on your podcasts, show up in your stories, answer your freaking DMs. Like I was fully ghosting my Instagram DMs. Like I would have like hundreds of requests and I would just let them all go. Like sometimes now if a client replies to my staff or if a person, sorry, on Instagram replies to my staff and I I, I go into it and I'm like, shit, 
There's a freaking message in here from 2021, literally asking about coaching. And I just ghosted it because I didn't want to deal with anything because I didn't need the clients. Like, bro, bad business move. Like, get, like, get your shit together. Show up for your people. My income and my impact was going up and down, up and down, up and down every single month because I didn't prioritize marketing my business consistently. I only did it whenever I needed clients and therefore I had to spend weeks or months rebuilding the trust and authority with my audience over and over and over again just to sign those new clients. So even though I did have a wait list of a fudge ton of people, they weren't nurtured. They weren't looked after. They weren't cared for. They didn't feel valued. They didn't feel seen. They didn't feel heard. They felt ghosted. And of course they did because I was ghosting them. I was just ignoring my Instagram marketing. You might feel like this isn't for you. Like this tip isn't for you because you do post consistently on social media. But are you there? Is your heart in it? Are you actually posting about what you care about? Are you talking about topics you care about? Are you? Do you genuinely care about your audience? Like, These are all questions I need you to really take a hard look and ask yourself through to the bone. Because if you are not, and if you are only posting to market, and like what I mean by that is you're only posting when you need sales, the energy is wildly different to when you are posting whether you need sales or not. Like I post because I want to share my heart with my audience. I post because I want to help somebody with that post, even if nobody signs up from it. Even if I don't post a call to action with it, even if I don't tell people, this is how you can work with me on a deeper level. Like I don't sell actively every single day in my posts because I just want people to hear the message. And if they sign up with me, it's a bonus. But if I'm on my stories and I have a space available, I'm sure shit going to tell you that I've got a space available. Like I'm going to let you know how you can be in my world. And if you're at a point right now where you're like, yeah, but I don't need the, the business from it. This is brilliant news. And this is, I guess, another little cheeky bonus that could be another mistake that I made was have another thing people can buy when you don't need clients. Have another way to help people when you don't need clients. This is why it's brilliant to start packing out some sort of offer suite or product or you know, one-off service vibe, because if you are at a place where you are full with clients and you don't want to take on anybody else, you're at max capacity. Yeah, I said max capacity, I'm going to keep it. You're at a point where you're scaling your business now. You're at a point where you can add more stuff to your services, to your programs, to your offers that are mini touch points for people to still get value from you. And by the way, pay you for that value. You know, you could create a product within your offer suite that allows people to get results without you being there as a service provider, you know, without you having that one-on-one touch point with them. And this is huge. If you're at the point right now where you don't need to post on social media to still run a successful business, and you only ever need to have new clients in maybe once every three to six months, bruh, get in my DMs right now because we've got some work to do to start scaling. You you are capping your income if you are not seeing the, the possibilities from that, the expansiveness that comes from being able to add more things to your business that will directly grow your income and your impact without you being there. And not necessarily even without you being there, but without you taking on a one-to-one client. Because one-to-one clients, you naturally have a cap at how many you can take on, especially as a compassionate coach. 
But if you're at a point where you are full with one-to-one clients and you still want more, you want to go bigger and better and bougier, DM me immediately and let's freaking get on it because you've got some work to do. And this is a positive place to be in, but only if you let it be. And the mistake I made was I didn't have all of that set up. I didn't have that in place. And so when I was full with clients, I ghosted Instagram. And then when I needed clients, I needed to replace those clients. I would come back and be like, hello, I'm here. Here's the post. And it just didn't make sense for my people. They didn't care about me by that point because I'd ghosted them for a week or two. So you need to be top of mind for your clients. And like, I'm just putting that out there. You need to be consistent enough to do that. And that's a lesson that I've learned hard over the course of my business. But also just even over the last couple of weeks, I've been posting consistently anyway because I was like, I need to practice what I preach. I need to do the work. And I've learned so many lessons from content over the last couple of weeks, way more lessons than I've learned in my entire freaking, I don't know, last three years maybe of posting on, on social media. I've been posting for way longer than that, but like specifically when I actually worked on what it actually takes to market yourself on social media, like I've learned more just from being consistent over the last couple of weeks than I have in my entirety of my business. So like post consistently, even if you don't need the clients right now. Show up for your people. Show up for your current clients, if anything. The next mistake is thinking that I could outwork burnout. (laughs) Like who knew panic attacks were less productive to your business than simply just like taking a minute, taking a hot freaking minute to breathe. Lol, not me. I didn't know that. I thought that I was a better business owner for working through the burnout. I thought that I was a more efficient business owner for working through the resentment and the, the you know, stress and the overload. I really honestly thought that it made me a stronger human. I thought it made me a better person because I was like, I am going to push through. I can work harder. No, you need to lean back. You need to chill. You need to take time for you. You need to put yourself first. You need to fill up your own cup. You freaking say this to your clients. You know this shit. You know that I am passionate about burnout because I burnt an entire freaking six-figure business to the floor, to the ground, because I was boobs deep in burnout, because I no longer loved what I was doing, because I was totally exhausted and stressed out to the max and no longer buzzing to show up for my business anymore. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting you either out of burnout or making sure you don't hit burnout. And like, honestly, you're a compassionate coach. You're probably going to dip your toe into burnout over the years. But if you stay there and you stay stuck there and you get so, so, so deep that you cannot get out, you will burn your business to the ground and you will end up back at Morrison's or a nine to five. And I don't want that for you and you don't want that for you. And the longer you say just one more client and then I'll pull back, just one more program launch and then I'll pull back, just just one more week of working every single day and then I'll pull back. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop when I hit this amount of clients. I'll chill when I have this amount of money in the bank. I'll chill when I, I don't know, like hit that 10K month. Like you just won't because you will be on this never ending treadmill of chasing more and more. And I cannot let you do that knowing what I went through over the last few years. And so, yes, chase more. Yes go for more. Yes. Think bigger and bougier and bolder with your goals. And if you are not climbing that ladder in a way that feels right, in a way that feels good for you, there is no point in climbing that ladder or getting to the top of that ladder at all. So I need you to recognize the symptoms of burnout. I need you to recognize the signs, the warning signs that that kind of 
that you need to just slow down or approach this from a different angle. I have an Instagram post that is like 31 red flags that are basically warning signs that you're you're close to burnout. Go and have a look at that post if you think this might be you. But it's important to just recognize those moments where you feel like you're a bit too deep, where you're a bit too in it. Take the breaks, schedule the time off, slow down in in your business. If you feel like things are going too fast and you can't hold what you've built, actively incorporate seasons of holding your business. I talk about this a lot, especially when it gets to Christmas, right? If you right now are not in a position where you can take a week off over Christmas, something needs to change now, like right now, before you get to Christmas so that you can actually do that. Because yes, we're compassionate coaches. We love what we do. And therefore we want to work hard and we want to work a lot. And it's important to take time out so that you can show up as your best self. You know this, you tell your clients to do this. You need to make sure you are implementing it for yourself, that you are embodying that for yourself. And you get to be a workaholic, you get to work hard, you get to do a lot of work if that feels good for you. And I need you to find the stuff outside of work that also brings you joy because if it's only work stuff, you are missing a key part of building a business that you just can't get when you're always in work mode. Your creativity can suffer. Your relationships can suffer. Your outside external life can suffer. And that is a huge part of building a successful business is the personal side of things. I spoke about this in the last episode and I will speak about it in the four key areas for a successful business in a couple of episodes time. But I want you to build your business on passion. I want you to build your business on fun. I want you to build your business on love and like fulfillment. I don't want you to build your business on burnout and resentment and stress and all of the heavy heavy feelings that come up when when you do just work too much into that burnout vibe. When you're exhausted and just not giving your sp- yourself space to breathe. I did it and I don't want you to do it. And that's why I'm talking about it in these mistakes. I'm going to whiz through the last three because I am aware that this episode is getting super duper long. The sixth one, seventh one, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, the seventh one is thinking I didn't need help. And I am going to do an entire podcast episode on the lessons that I have learned from my investments. But one of the big lessons that I learned from mentorship and from from working with coaches and honestly sinking a lot of money into mentorships that I didn't get enough from, it wasn't because the coach wasn't good. It wasn't because the mentor was a shitbag, although, you know, some some questionable investments were in there. But I had the idea that I had to do it alone. I had the idea that I could do it alone. And like, you can absolutely do it alone, sure. But I had this full-on belief that I needed to do it alone to prove that I was capable of doing it alone. And our egos are douchebags. Like, they will cock block more success than any external factor you can think of. Like, I had to do it alone to prove I was capable And I was unwilling to let anybody else take my successes away from me. I'm going to talk about this in an episode because this is a big deal for me. I have had every single success in my life I have felt like was ripped out of my hands. I felt like it was taken away from me for one reason or another. Like I I, I was told it was a fluke or it had been like actively taken away from me. Like someone was like, this ain't yours, this is mine, bah. And like, there's been a lot of times where... I have lent on other people or or had other people in my life that have just 
like taken that success from me that have just made me feel like it wasn't earned or deserved. And I thought that mentorship meant that I was letting somebody else take credit for my wins, take credit for my business, take credit for what I'd built. And so it was no longer mine. If I worked for a company, my business, my success wasn't mine, it was theirs. No matter how much money I earned for them, it was theirs, not mine. If I asked a mentor for help on something and they gave me the strategy and I implemented the strategy, it was their win, not mine. And I was just done, ego, I was done with letting other people take credit for my hard work. Like that was it. That was full stop, bottom line. And I had mentorship so wrong because of that and for a million other reasons, which I'm going to tell you about in a new episode. But like mentorship does not take away your success. Mentorship does not mean that you are not capable of doing this for yourself. Mentorship lets you think and play bigger so that you can do more with your business, so that you can have more from your life. I think we see mentorship as a bit of a last resort, like sinking ship vibes, I need help quick. But like the best investments I've made are when things are going well and I decided I get to have more. When I I asked for help and I took credit for what I built off the back of that help. Like, you know, think about Olympic athletes. Of course, they have coaches. They see their blind spots. They help them hit PBs. They do the things that help you be better at what you do. That is what coaching is. That is what mentorship is. That doesn't mean that you aren't capable of doing this for yourself. It means that you might as well choose the most efficient, the most supportive, the most productive way to get to where you need to be, the fastest way to get to where you need to be. And maybe sometimes not the fastest, but the best. And sometimes you can't see that. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you do know when you're not doing. And that doesn't mean that you don't get to take full credit. Like I give my clients full credit. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You're amazing. And I'm like, you're amazing. Like you get to take full responsibility for your next steps, for the actions that you take, for the behaviors that you do every day. Like I'm not there posting on on your social media for you. I'm not there coaching your clients for you. I'm not there marketing your business for you. I'm not there doing that, you know, ideal client work or looking at that strategy or writing that sales page. Sometimes I will help you do that. But like, I'm not doing it for you. I am helping you do it. I am showing you multiple ways of doing it that might feel best, you know, that might feel best for you. I'm not doing it for you. And I think that's what we think about is that we think, God, like someone else is going to take credit for this. Someone else is going to, um, you know, I have to do it alone. Otherwise, people are going to think that I've cheated my way to the top. Like we have this weird narrative around getting help. I don't know if it's because we're coaches and we're the helpers. And so being the helpy feels like uncomfortable for us. We're people pleasers. And so we don't want to burden anybody. So we don't want to ask for help. I don't know what it is, but there are a million different things it could be. But you get to ask for help. You get to accept the help that you ask for. That's a whole other thing in itself. And it's a different lesson that I learned from my investments is even when I did ask for help, I didn't accept the help. I didn't take the help. I didn't welcome in the help. I was like, I don't need to know this, or I already know this, or I should already know this, and so I'm not going to listen to you. Instead, I'm going to beat myself up because I should already know this. But just because you don't need help doesn't mean you don't get to have help. Why not? Why not have someone that can help you get to the top faster? Why not have someone in your pocket that can be there to support you when shit hits the fan? You do not have to do this alone. You do not have to be in it alone. You do not have to 
work towards your big juicy goals alone. You get to have somebody who gets it that's there with you. And that's a mistake I made was just thinking I had to do all of this on my own. So if you're feeling like that and you're doing it alone, like maybe you want to do it alone, that's okay. Like you get to want that. And I would question the intention behind that want, behind that desire. Why do you want to do it alone? Is it because you want to prove something to the world? Is it because you are a little bit scared of what might happen? Like, could your business blow the hell up if you got a mentor? Like, I know there was a a mentor I was going to hire a few years ago and I didn't because I was like, oh my God, like her people are playing so big. I don't think I'm capable of that. So I don't want to invest in that because I I, I don't trust myself to hold that kind of business. You know, There's so many mindset beliefs that I'm thinking of right now that come up around like investing in a mentor. But just think about why you are holding off on joining the program or doing the thing or hiring the help or even like delegating, right? I can do it on my own. I'm better at this than anybody else. I don't need anybody else to do it for me. Like delegation is a huge one for like really being okay with letting go of that need for it to be all you. And being okay with with accepting other people in your life that can help you do the things you need to do. And then the last two, number eight is making other coaches my competition. Oh, I like, I could speak, but I feel like I do speak about this so much, but like I was a total bitch for like the first five, six years of my business. I was a total douchebag. Like it was always me against every other coach. I was jealous of other people who were coming up. I was bitter about somebody else who had got a new client that was my perfect client. I was a butthead to anybody who threatened my status as a PT, especially on the gym floor. Like I was the only female at one point and any other woman that came in, I was like, bitch, back off. This is my space. Like I was such a territorial freaking douchebag. And even like the guys, it was like, if they got female clients, I was like, uh, who are you? Like, get away. Like you're such a shit coach. Like I was just horrible because I was threatened, because I was jealous, because I was insecure. I was so insecure as a PT, especially. And then when I got into the coaching world and I discovered there were like a whole buttload of other coaches out there, oh my God, anybody that I um, saw online, it was like immediately I was like, no, she's a shit coach. She's a terrible coach. She's doing it wrong. She doesn't know her shit. And honestly, I was just bashing them because I thought that made me feel better about myself. Didn't, plot twist. And it didn't do me any favors when it came to how people perceived me either. Like I had a bad reputation when I was a, a, you know, 21 odd year old coach because I was just slagging other people off. I was like, oh, they're a shit coach. Don't go to them. But like, really, it's because I was like insecure that people might go to them. And so I had to slag them off to make me feel better about myself. And like, I'm calling myself out right now. But like, I was so wrong about this stuff. I was so wrong. Like, you don't need to be competing against other coaches. Like, there's no reason to compete against anybody else. Like, I don't see any other coaches in my industry as competition anymore. It's like, I either see them as collaborators or like, I, they just don't exist to me. It's like, cool, you do your thing. Like, you carry on, you do you. Like, I'm cheering from you from the sidelines. I might not agree with everything that you put out and that's okay. We can have different opinions. There's space for us both here. And I think that's the energy you've got to come at with comparing to other coaches is like there is space for everybody. There is room for you all. And collaboration just trumps competition every single time. Like 
There is room for every single coach to be in existence. If you think about the amount of people on the planet that need your help, we need more coaches when you think about it like that. We need more people that are shouting your message. That's a great thing that there are other people shouting your message. It means that A, you're probably on the right track if you're shouting a similar message to other people. It means that there are other people that, you know, believe in, in what you have to say. And therefore, there are people that need to hear it. And B, you can collaborate with those people, like go live on each other's accounts, like do a program together, do a podcast together, share your ideas with them, like, you know, bounce things off each other, be allies with each other. Like there's just so much that you can do to clap with them instead of tearing other people down. And I just, oh, I spent so long pouring so much energy into what other people were doing, whether that was privately in my own mind, secretly with my friends, or, or publicly, you know, in front of the rest of the world. It's like, it just, it's just energy that just doesn't need to be there. It just is such a waste of time and like negative headspace for you. Stay in your lane, do your own thing, focus on your own shit, clap and freaking move. <laughs> clap and move, boys, clap and move. You know, is it Madagascar? What is that film? Smile and wave, boys, smile and wave. I think it's Madagascar. <laughs> anyway, you know the drill. Like just 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 celebrate each other a little bit more, please. Like I like this is what I'm so grateful for about my spaces is like I just feel like we have such a rule that like we get to clap for each other, we get to cheer each other on and we get to focus on our own shit and it just opens up so much more room for you to succeed because instead of looking at somebody else and being like why is she doing that or like why has she got more than me or how is she doing this, you actually sit back and you go it's just a place of curiosity, you go okay how is she doing this? Maybe I'll ask her. Maybe I'll get some tips. Maybe I'll analyze her stuff and say, hmm, okay, you know, what is working here? What is she doing? What doesn't feel good for me to do and what does feel good for me to do? Or you get to clap for her and then you get to just do your own thing. Like I don't really look at what anybody in my industry does anymore because I just don't care. I don't need the the things filtering into my life. I just wanna be able to share my message. And the more I focus on other people's stuff, the more my lines get blurred. And this is huge for, for coaches that do face a lot of comparison. Every time you look at that other coach who's doing better than you, your message gets squashed. Your opinions don't feel valid. Your, your business success doesn't feel like good enough. And so you stop showing up for yourself. You stop building the business. You stop going and, and sharing your heart. You stop going live because you're not as good on camera as the other person. You stop creating cute Canva posts because your post looks shit compared to that other coach. Like, I just need you to get out of your own head or more importantly, get out of other people's stuff and focus on your thing. And if you're struggling to do that, drop me a DM because I, I, I feel like you need to be in my world. You need to come into one of my spaces, whether it's Mastermind, the reboot, like spaces where you're just not surrounded by that energy anymore. Because as soon as you can drop that, the sooner you can drop that, the faster you will see success in your business. I promise you. And the last one, I felt like I was above the basics. And I just, I didn't even realize that this is really what was happening. But I was like not willing to go back and refine the basics. I was not willing to go back and, and you know, re-identify and reconnect and 
readjust because I felt like it was going backwards. I was like, me, the basics? No, I'm advanced. I'm ready for the big stuff. And it's like, you can't build a bigger business when you have shaky foundations. You cannot add more without first refining what you've built so far. Go back to the basics and honestly stay there. Stay there forever. Stay there forever and repeat daily. Like do it 24 seven. Go back to the basics and stay there for freaking ever. This is why the reboot exists because you need to have solid as shit foundations for you to be able to build a bigger business. I did not do that in my first business. I had rocky foundations. I had shaky foundations. I did not build something solid that I could then build upon. I built something on throwing it all together so that I could be there faster and I could go bigger and I could do more. But you cannot do more. You cannot add more. It's like, you know, placing your dominoes in a row before you just start chucking all the dominoes on. If you don't strategically place those dominoes, they are not going to knock down one by one by one. I need you to go back and refine and reconnect, like reconnect with your values, reconnect with the stuff that, that matters to you, reconnect with who you're talking to and the way you run your business, reconnect with the structure, re-identify what you actually want out of your business. When you do that, when you go back to your offer, your niche, your messaging, your marketing, your content, your sales process, your actual like coaching process, you know, client experience, the results you get with your clients, when you go back to those things and stay there and just repeat that cycle of realigning with what you care about, of reconnecting to your people and your mission, of refining your processes and your systems and your structures, making damn sure your clients have an exceptional experience in your world and they actually get results. When you go back and repeat those processes time and time again, you naturally build bigger and better. And so the next time you're wavering on like, oh, what do I do next? What do I do next? Think about what have you built so far and what can you refine to make sure it's spot on so that you're excited to do the next step so that you can have the capacity to take on more clients if that's the gig so that you can add an offer that makes sense when you're at capacity and you just want more income, like if you're not setting those foundations up, those kind of strong ass pillars up, if you're not doing that, nothing else makes sense to add on top of it. And that's the mistake that I made in my business is I just felt like I was above going back to doing those things because it really felt like steps backwards. It felt like whenever I was going back to like, oh, well, what do I actually care about? Snore, I don't want to, I don't want to focus on that. I just need more money or I need more people or I need more impact. I need to add something else to my business. I need a new shiny thing. It's like, I, I was just going and looking for the shiny. And when you're looking for the shiny and you're not refining what you've already built, you end up building something you can't hold long-term. You end up building something that maybe, to be honest, like for me, was bigger than me. Like my business was bigger than me because I hadn't built those foundations, because I hadn't gone back and done the work to make sure I could hold what I'd built. It's why the reboot exists. That is literally everything I know about, about teaching the foundations well, like teaching the foundations so you've got them rock solid so that you can add more to your business. That's the whole gig inside of the reboot. So if you want to join the reboot, go into the link in the show notes and honestly, just, just have a look through and see if it's the right fit for you. But I just know that it's it. this 
work that I do inside of the reboot is integral for every single coach that wants to do more for their business, that wants more from their life, that wants to make a bigger impact. It's like, it all comes down to the reboot. Like I I promise you that the reboot is the foundation for any single thing you do in my world. If you don't know the stuff inside of the reboot, nothing else makes sense to add onto your business. So I'm so passionate about that. But if you want to chat through it with me, drop me a DM on Instagram at Thrive with Jojo. But I feel like, like, just go back to the basics. I don't even care if you don't do the reboot, although you definitely should do the reboot, but like just go back to the basics and keep refining and commit to that forever. Okay, those were the nine lessons, the nine mistakes that I made in my previous fat loss business that I make a damn freaking point to help my clients avoid now so that they don't end up burning their business to the ground so that they can hold their business long term, so that they can show up with excitement and passion and joy and fulfillment instead of burnout and resentment and exhaustion and just all of the negative feelings that we tend to build up as business owners. So I hope you found so much value from this episode. I would love you to drop me a DM and tell me your biggest takeaway. And don't forget to hit the little notification bell or make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so that you don't miss another episode and give it a rating and review so we can reach more queens. It genuinely helps me out so much. I love you with all of my heart. Go and have the best week ever and I will chat to you soon, queen.